Welcome to Dragon Talk. My name is Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Shelley Mazenobo. She's very good at clapping. She it's on the beat every single time. I would like a triangle. Bing. Yeah. I always wanted to play the triangle. Really? Mm-hmm. That was like your that was my thing. dream. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't do it. You know, it's very simple. You can just bring it in. I can I can make a triangle for you. I don't think it's that simple. All right, you're, it's very hard. No, you're like totally just downplaying it. There's an art. There's a skill. Yeah, you got to know when to ring it and how hard to, to ring it. Hey, are we playing D&D? Yes. Did you hear a right rumor? Right now. We're playing right now. Right now. We're playing right now. Our whole life. Yeah. Did you see that? I did see the rumor. Yeah. I, try to, I try to be like, can we play after the stream of Annihilation? Oh! Because that's what a lot of my bad time is doing now. But we could talk about the stream of Annihilation. You want to talk about that? I do. It's happening on June 2nd and June 3rd. We will be playing D&D there what? for 12 hours over two days. You are playing? Well, I might be. There's, there's going to be like another like a room, like a green room area where a lot of people are going to be able oh to my hang God, out. Is there going to be food in the green room? That's where the craft services uh, are going to be. Wait, there's real craft services? There's real craft services. That's my favorite. It's thing. amazing. And it'll be all, I don't think, no, we're going to have vegetarian. We're going to have vegan. We're going to have everything that you might need, Shelly. I'm for my, like my 10 minutes that I'm there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Make sure all of your I dietary restrictions are on there. Yes. Well, you should. <laughs> Here you go, guys. Screen, I can eat for a week now. <laughs> I love the food at Shoots. I love that the food at Stream of Annihilation is what you're focusing oh, on because it's going to be gonna superb. Be amazing. The guy who's making it actually has like a, a mustache that's like uh, waxed. Uh, we met him when we toured the studio. It's Wait, the house seriously? studio in Seattle. Yeah, Stream of Annihilation. We're bringing. But they have like their own kitchen. They in? have their own kitchen. Oh my god, it's great. And uh, uh, all the streamers who uh, you may know from like things like Critical Role or Miss Clicks. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're, they're all, all going to the be same, there under the same roof. Under the same roof. Rubbing elbows, talking Dungeons and Dragons, and playing Dungeons and Dragons. Six games over the each day, twelve each total day. games, twelve hours. It's crazy. Yeah, we're gonna learn about some new, uh, the new storyline, the new fall storyline. Um, as but well as, as in, new... you're gonna announce the new. Yeah, you're gonna learn all about it. You're gonna learn it from Mike Merles and Chris Perkins. They will give you the skinny before they go right into Chris Perkins talking about dice camera action with uh, uh, all those those uh, awesome yep players. Some of which we have already talked to on this uh, this year podcast. Well, we get we get the good people on That's the podcast. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, then we'll have interviews with uh, some of our hosts, um, and then they will talk about the new products and get everybody super excited about it. Back and forth between the two, we like to keep the pace moving. If you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, busy days, busy long days. Busy long days. That's why you need the good craft services. That's right. And then Shelly's going to be there. She mentioned she's going to have her, her little there. short thing, but it's going to be fifteen there. minutes. You told me I had fifteen minutes. That's yeah, all the fame that you can handle. My, my literal fame. 15 minutes is going to happen. Can you think you can pack it all in? No. Because she's, I mean, we've, we've hinted at it a few times on this podcast, maybe like every single time. That I was working on something really, really cool. And it may actually be cool. And you might, you can judge for yourself I on think June 2nd that you June 3rd. know <laughs> that it is. I do really know cool. that it is, but I'm slow playing it. I'm no, slow I playing it. No, I think that you can say it's really cool. It's really cool. It is really cool. And Shelly's not just okay. uh, threatening me with a knife to say that. Say it. <laughs> it's really cool. I will do C3 Sleep. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> she rolled a very strong and high intimidation roll right before I'm we I'm super uh, intimidated. All right. So uh, we are talking to uh, two uh, friends of the show. I might even call them at this point. I'd say so. Yeah. Satine Phoenix and Rudy Rutenberg are Yay. on the show uh, today, they're going to talk about what they're doing for the stream of Annihilation as well as what they're going to be doing in the weeks to come after 
that. It's they amazing. They might have some exciting things to share, too. It's amazing. Yeah, they've got fun stuff. Good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Always, because they're like the two busiest people in the world. They do a lot of stuff. They do a lot. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, I love that they have that, uh, uh, that discipline to keep it and going. And that passion. They're the best ambassadors. They have for a passion for passion. Or they have a passion for fashion. <laughs> I know, and up. a passion for role-playing. For role-playing. Exactly. They really do. They're just like good. They just want to teach Spread the word. And learn everybody all D&D the good missionaries. stuff. missionaries. Exactly. They're really good at it. So yep. we'll talk to them. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a wonderful <laughs> Lore You Should Know segment that's out there. Uh, and uh, it's it's um, and by out there, I mean it's going to be playing Ooh. right about now. Big Monk. Hello, and welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am joined by the amazing Matt Cernet. How's it going, man? Pretty good. We today are going to, uh, in this segment where we talk about little bits of lore from the Forgotten Realms and uh, hopefully get you guys' inspiration going, talk about a city um, that has a a longish history. Is that right? Well, uh, Am is, so that's... um, it's got a long history in the, the setting of the the game, and it is uh, more or less a country as opposed to a city. Oh, and, and different than the kind of city city idea of, of like Neverwinter or Baldur's Gate, right? So uh, Amn is is a much larger area of uh, the world than, um, and it has sort of defined borders. It's got mountains to the north and south, and it's kind of a dry region on the Sword Coast. Well. The Sword Coast might technically be considered farther north. It sort of depends on the, how you define it. Um, and uh, it is a, a big uh, sort of mercantile um, money, money, money nation. Uh, and there's various it's, – it's sort of a set of different city-states, and everything's very um, mercenary. It's an oligarchy. Uh, it, it's interesting. I was talking to Ed once a, a while back, and – Ed Greenwood, father of the realms. That's true. And one of the things he was saying was that originally uh, Sembia was going to be left alone as this place that players could fill in with their own ideas and stuff. Oh, okay. Is that one of the city-states in Am? Sembia's over in sort of the middle of Forgotten Realms, south of the Dale Lands and um, north of the Sea of Fallen Stars and so on. And uh, it's sort of near Cormier, and, and the idea was that that would be a place that would be kind of left untouched for, for players and, or maybe even authors of novels and so on to fill in. But what it ended up happening is that uh, people couldn't leave that area of the map blank, and so it kind of got filled in more and more and more and became more and more and more like Amn is, um, which is a place of sort of uh, where where you know, coin is king, and uh, there are sort of these oligarchies and so on. Um, they they do end up in sort of the current state of the realms and sort of second and third edition and fourth edition end up being very distinct and different um, oh, okay. in, in sort of the details and their culture and so on. And the culture of Am is a, is a crazy little sort of um, plinko game of, of what happened to it. So, oh, okay. Um, it's it's an oligarchy. Uh, there are there are these uh, super wealthy families that 
uh, rule and there sort of it was at one point a, a council of six I think in fourth edition it got reduced to a council of five um, but they they rule the the nation from their city states and they have sort of mercenary armies and all these kinds of things uh, they they're really sort of a trade-based economy and so they have um, a lot of native resources of, um, you know, mines and vineyards and things like that. But they also go out and um, find places to trade with and find pla- like places to gather resources from. So they were uh, instrumental in the discovery of uh, Mestica. Okay. So, so almost like a colonialism type feel. Like this right. must be, you know, different than the other city-states of the uh, of the Sword Coast. These am went out in, in search of it almost as a doctrine. Yeah. And so Am at that in sort of that second edition period uh, was very much viewed from that historical lens of, um, you know, the conquistadors going to the New World and right. that kind of a thing. And so if you look at the older depictions of Am from, from second edition and from, particularly from the novels of, and the, the Mestica setting, uh, they have the sort of Spanish conquistador-like... Um, uh, uh, chest plate armor, breastplate armor, and uh, helmets even, and like the feathers and the whole the whole nine yards. Oh, so it looks very Spanish almost. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a funny thing happened on the way to the theater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, what happens is that uh, Baldur's Gate uh, Two: Shadows of Am comes out, and the video game from Black Isle Studios. Correct. At the time. And. Um, that, in addition to some other depictions in, in second edition, repainted it entirely, and it became much more like uh, um, Constantinople, and okay. had sort of more of a sort of uh, I don't know melding of different cultures, kind yeah, of yeah, but but like a like sort of a Moorish kind of setting with minarets and um, domed buildings and all that kind of a thing. So uh, you know we haven't visited Am basically uh, for for a very long time. But uh, I think, as I mentioned in the, in the, the last uh, talk that we had, the idea of sort of smashing cultures together and getting something unique out of it yeah. is kind of fun. So I'd love to kind of take, you know, conquistadors in Spain and kind of smash it together with Constantinople mm. and see what comes out of that and see if that sort of creates un- am sort of unique look and culture um, when we ever get down there. Right, and that's even interesting, too, because it's got some real-world uh you know that did happen in the south of France, of Spain. Exactly, in which the Moors yeah. were were lending their influence, and there was it, definitely a lot yeah. Of so we wouldn't have to go f- too far to see some sort of real architectural elements that have those kind of ideas and yeah. things like that. But I mean, it, it all it all sort of differs because you know there there isn't the same sort of reasons behind the architectural elements in um, sort of Moorish culture, et cetera. But did you mention uh, um, you know they 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 worship coin? Is, did is that the deity that they worship? Is it a god of trade? Well, so um, there's a couple of interesting things about Am insofar as uh, their sort of manner of dealing with worship. Um, so they are uh, sort of an anti-arcane state. They don't like the idea of wizards and individuals gathering sort of that much power to themselves and, um, you know, just through like study and stuff like that. And so in the second edition period, uh, there's there's a, like an active um, sort of wizard hunting society essentially extant in Am that continues throughout the editions. And there's even uh, sort of a, a renegade group of... of um, 
it's almost like uh, you know when the uh, in Harry Potter when they're sort of running away from um, the Death Eaters and stuff like that, and they've kind mm. of taken control of Hogwarts. It's 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 like that, except for you know everyone is you know hunting these these wizards and so on. So there's sort of this this idea of this uh, secret society of wizards to try and pass information to one another and still survive and am right. despite this sort of pogrom against their their um, spellcasting. And uh, religion is kind of takes the back seat, really, to uh, you know everything else, right? <laughs> like, okay. It's about the money, and so the religion is kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, there are certainly temples and so on. Now, in fourth edition, uh, the kind of self-serving nature of Cyric comes to the fore, and and so Cyric has in both well, so in third edition, there is also a big element of Cyric's. Um, church that ends up in Am, uh, particularly on the northern border. Uh, there's a there's a giant uh, set of temples uh, there that are um, part of Cyric's thing, and then there's also um, a society of uh, monks that are dedicated to Shar um, that are operate operate out of the area, and so that's in the area. So, but. The general idea is they don't care much about religion unless it does something for them. And so then there are certain sort of cults and churches that grow up that do do something for them. So the Church of Syriac is useful to them because essentially it provides them with these um, uh, sometimes magical um, thugs that they can send out to, mm-hmm. you know, because they can get, you know, some sort of clerics, people or monks or things imbued with power that they can go out and send to do X, Y, and Z. Right, and then having the, the, the god of murder and death you know, be there, you know, having that on your side is way more useful right. than just celebrating any other kind of religious well, order, I guess. Well, and then the weird way that, so the Amnians didn't really look at Cyric that way. It was more of a, um, you know, buyer beware deity, which is a strange interpretation of Cyric, but that's mm. how, kind of how it came out in Am. Uh, it sort of was viewed, instead of viewing Cyric through, uh, the the lens of how he came about in in Waterdeep and and the story and backstory of his legends of what he did with the other gods and you know the outer planes and all that kind of stuff um, they just sort of adopted Cyric and said you know what his, this god's going to be about buyer beware <laughs> huh. I was like oh, oh okay I guess <laughs> that's an interesting idea that yeah. they imposed their own culture onto the worship of a god so that they're like yeah this is what he means now. right and so then it was okay and then it also sort of fed into their own cultural sensibilities of like how their own society is supposed to work right like and of course you know, we are the the smartest and the richest. Therefore, you know, Cirque favors us, right? And that kind of a thing. That makes sense. And you mentioned that those uh, his Cirque's influence was mostly in the north of Am. Is that because of its uh, proximity to Baldur's Gate? Um, that's not exactly the case. The, the reason why those temples were built there, oh, I'd have to go back and look that up. Um, but the it filtered down into the sort of whole society. Um, and then in fourth edition slash fifth edition, that's where we're at at this point, where Am essentially views Cyric as sort of a patron deity, uh, and it is that kind of buyer beware thing. But they're okay with, a, you know, other deities. They, you know, but in general, they don't like anyone who has an enormous amount of um, personal power. Like the idea that somebody could just say a few words and throw a fireball is, is very threatening to them. Right, because that would upset the oligarchy pretty quick. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so how is the, uh, you meant, how is the oligarchy kind of organized? 
Uh, well, so there's there's different uh, sort of ranks among uh, the 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 um, council of five as it stands now, and they have different names. And I'm gonna mess it up unless I look it up. Uh, Go for it. Let's see if I can get my password because my computer just locked up. So, so there's the Mysark, Tessark, Namark, Iltark, and Pomark. They're all named Mark. So, yeah. The Council of Five Marks. So they they were sort of anonymously held in a weird way and sort of almost a synonymous way with the uh, hidden lords of Waterdeep. And in fact, Anne is tied to Waterdeep um, through uh, the Shadow Thieves. So the Shadow Thieves were an organization uh, that operated in Waterdeep but were kicked out. Okay. Uh, they were sort of the organized thieves guild at one point in Waterdeep and they were booted out. Just for being too violent? or uh, Just they were involved in stuff and they were discovered in thievery, or obviously, but also slavery and things like that. And they were, they were just booted. I see. It was um, just a bridge too far. For yeah. There, there's a couple of noble families that went with them that were banished as well. Uh, and um, there are a number of uh, noble families in Waterdeep that have sort of Amnian ancestry and that kind of a thing. I see. Um, so the Shadow Thieves are still sort of extant and active in Am as, again, sort of a, um, uh, a syndicate of, of um, I guess, more or less legal mob uh, in, in the country. Oh, okay. Um, so it's... It's a strange um, mix of, of different sort of tones and elements, but it comes across it ultimately as someplace you really don't want to visit. <laughs> now, now we're, I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, taboos that kind of rule this country. You know, if, there, if, if, if you can't be a spellcaster, that it seems to be mm-hmm. one of the ones, but apparently murder and, and, and control through violence doesn't seem to be one of those taboos. Right. Right, and, and and that's because essentially there are these these super wealthy families that control all of the power, and they have their own sort of city states and things like that that they they largely control. Um, I imagine that that the families aren't located just in their own city states. I mean that would lead to war, and so there would be situations where essentially, you know, uh, your cousins go and live in the other town and that kind of a thing. And so the and then obviously the the. Um, that also had, tends to sort of spread uh, influence and wealth around. So one of the things that happened in um, sort of the second edition period was that uh, all of the trade with Mastika that was giving them of lots of wealth was only benefiting the uh, sort of port or coastal cities and wasn't benefiting the interior. And so there was sort of like some upheaval in Am and an adjustment after that. Um, now, what happens to that when essentially all of those investments in Mastika go away because during mm-hmm. the spell plague, that whole continent disappears. <laughs> I don't know. Um, presumably, Am sets up new trade relations with the continent that does appear there. But, um, you know, fourth edition didn't really get into a lot of the, the nitty gritty of um, the, the two continents communicating with one another. And then now, you know, with fifth, we'll be able to kind of explore some of that. Yeah, so and that's a big uh, mystery at this point. You know, we, I think we're on record as saying Maztica has returned, but uh, in what form and who's there and why? Uh, I don't know. Cool, interesting. Yeah. Now, how many? How big is the region of Am? Is it 
you know, you mentioned interior cities and, and coastal cities. Is there like five coastal cities or are they two? Like how, how big oh, does it feel like? Is it like the sides of Texas or is it it's bigger Connecticut? Than, it's bigger than Texas. Oh, it's bigger than Texas. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'd have to look at the, a world map and um, uh, I don't know if it's got a... If it have a, whatchamacallit, a scale on it. But it sounds like there's enough of a change of geography and uh, with different cities that would feel like, you know, different specializations. Yeah, there, there, AM is, uh, I mean, there, there are a, a number of really large cities and then there are a number of sort of villages and mining towns and those types of things. Um, but it's a broad, big, big area where uh, there's also would be a lot of um, just sort of wilderness. And one of the interesting things about AM is that it's noted that it has a really large halfling population. Oh. And a lot of sort of the downtrodden people are halflings. So um, there's kind of the issue of also humans kind of ruling over uh, uh, downtrodden people, and a lot of them are halflings. Is that part of the culture? Is that these <clears throat> are, you know... Yeah, I mean, half a man or something like that. Is well, that? I imagine so. I mean, the we haven't, I don't think, gotten into that much depth. Um, a lot of the the storytelling around Am deals with either uh, what's called the Golden Legion going over to Maztica and discovering it, and so on, and or with a lot of um, sort of history and politics in Am, as opposed to like what's actually happening in the day to day. Got it. Um, so you so know, that's, that a dungeon master could kind of fill that in a bit. Yeah, absolutely, to, absolutely. Or she wanted to. Interesting. It, to, for me, it, there's there's something sort of um, Game of Thronesy about the region as far as tone. You know, it's very sort of mercenary, very um, you know cutthroat, backstabbing uh, kind of place. Whereas if you look at uh, Sembia, as I mentioned earlier, the that kind of um, stole some of its thunder in in some sense in the realms. Um, it's much more frivolous. Uh, that, that's it. That's not uh, buyer beware culture. That's if you got it, flaunt it. Got it. Uh, and so you yeah. know, it's it's everyone is is trying to look as beautiful and um, crazy as they possibly can in order to sort of flaunt their wealth. Right, right. Whereas in Am, it's all about controlling that power the wealth gives you. Um, okay. Uh, so I mean, you mentioned that there. Uh, there, uh, what is the police force like? I mean, how how does the the, the, the peace get kept in some kind of a, right. a society like this? They're mercenaries, <laughs> <laughs> and so, then they they ruled by each of the noble houses, kind of yes. has their own little police force. Well, they, there there are essentially like there most things in Am are businesses. So there are people who run businesses recruiting uh, people to be in their mercenary groups and then rent out their services to uh, these oligarchs. So because everything is basically flowing off of money, I mean, it, it, there's, there's no sort of like um, central establishment of norms of power that we, we're familiar with in that sense of like a national army or, you know, your city police force. It's always that family hiring those people to do that job. To protect that caravan to keep, right. you know, this mine safe from bandits, that kind of thing. Right. And there, there is some sense that, like, you know, in that society, you can uh, rise to a certain level of um, patronage among these family patrons. So, like, if you're one of those people who bullies people into being into your, your uh, mercenary group and you train them and you get a bunch of great warriors and then you go out and you fight battles and prove that you're an awesome 
you know, mercenary company runner, then uh, you will find favor in that family. Now, you'll only be able to rise so high, but you'll be better off than the people who are basically, for lack of a better term, slaves to mm-hmm. the rest of the society. Um, is there a lot of conflicts between, you know, the different marks or the, you know, the, the families within AM itself? I, I mean, I think the they try and keep that open conflict to a minimum because that's bad for business all around. Mm. Um, but, you know, certainly when it is good for business, definitely there would be conflict. I'm sure there would be sort of um, uh, backhanded or not backhand, but uh, sort of uh, backroom dealing and and sort of trying to undermine one another to to gain more power and that kind of a thing. It's definitely a place where they're they're maneuvering against one another. Right. So open warfare is kind of rare and and, and climactic rather than right. You know, constant war. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. Um, so h- how do you get to be one of the the, the council of five? What's the what's the the, the election or, or selection system there. <laughs> well, so in theory, um, you could amass enough wealth and power and um, more or less force yourself to be recognized by the others. Um, at this point, that's the only way to do it. Uh, because uh, the the wealth, uh, like it does in the real world, tends to stay in the family, uh, that role of whoever is going to be the, the, the you know, the Pomark or whatever, um, tends to just fall according to the whoever inherits the so it's the, a hered- the hereditary system. Yeah, and, and as to whether that is inherited um, by direct bloodline or by decree, um, is okay. I think something that would depend upon the family as opposed to being something sort of normalized throughout the whole you know, country. Um, it, it was the case, for instance, in ancient Rome, where um, you know an emperor would uh, sometimes not just pass up by bloodline, but declare who the next emperor is before yeah. they die. And so there might be a case like that where they say essentially, you know, okay, you know, cousin so-and-so is going to be the next person, even though it's not their son or daughter or whatever. Right, but it's the best candidate in, right. in that has my blood, you know, that, yeah. that they could see. And probably ends up, you know, playing a fiddle and watching it all burn. But you know. <laughs> um, so uh, is, is, is Am the, the capital city? So Am is is the nation. There there's uh, there aren't really. Um, I mean, Athkatla I guess is technically um, sort of the the most well known city and kind of a capital. Um, that might be where the the Pomark or whatever the highest rank is lives. But the the different ranks have sort of their own um, uh, favorite city that they live in, kind of a deal. Oh, I guess I'm, I was misunderstanding how the rank system works. So there's there's five. Yeah, it's a council. It's a council. Of, it's called the Council of Five, uh, but they don't necessarily all live in the same city or 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 like gather in a room too often. Oh, okay. They have sort of their own little city states that they rule over, and those city states interact with one another, and so that's why you'd have, for example, you know, you might send off your cousins to go live in the other city state because then they can talk on your behalf and communicate with so and so on your behalf, or keep an eye on things and spy on the other, you know council member and that kind of thing. Okay. And then, all right, so each one of those council members has like a city that they kind of speak for and control for the most part. Right. And then uh, can a new settlement like arise and get wealth and then be join, joining that group? 
Yeah, that that's the th- theory. Um, <laughs> but you know, in practice, the the sort of council doesn't the the thing that they say in, in the fourth edition um, um, campaign setting is that the council of five, five you know doesn't want to that split the pie anymore, right? Got like it. we've. We've got this locked down now. We've got a good deal going. All the money is flowing to all of our five families. Why should we share this with anybody else? Um, okay, so it's more like a, it's pretty stable at this point. Right. Um, and that you mentioned five families. I mean, does it have that feel of, of you know, the mafia being like, okay, with the five families? And if there's, you know, if two are fighting, then the other three are like, whoa, 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 what are you guys doing? Does it feel like that? I would say so. Uh, and I, th- I think... Um, family has to be thought of in terms of of not like mom and dad and but organization, but yeah, like a huge. I mean, and, and you know, cousins and uncles and great uncles and you know, great aunts and second cousins twice removed and all that kind of stuff right. are all part of the family. And you can get raised up as a as a servant too. Like I mean, not as a servant, but like you know, uh, not necessarily tied by blood, but by merit, you could potentially. Never probably reach the top, but you could at least get to the middle middle management ground. Sure, and and I'm sure that uh, you can sort of marry into the family as well as one of those individuals who kind of uh, comes up through the ranks or builds their own business and gets noticed and that kind of a thing. Interesting. And that would certainly be a way for that family to sort of permanently tie you in and so make sure that they have control over your assets, for example. You looking at them say, oh, I want to be in that powerful family because they have so much power, and they look at you and say, Gosh, your lands are really cool. You have a whole lot of money. Let's control that. Yeah, right. So you're trading off potential say for you know an investment almost in a way. All right. Well, that uh, I like that. There's a lot of um, you know area for a dungeon master to kind of play with in AM. You know, I could see being like a, a mercenary group that wants to you know no longer be under the control of one of those families or. Right, you know, if you're if you're sort of playing with standard party and there's some sort of spellcaster and wizard or, or a cleric, right. cleric of a good deity or something like that that they don't like there for some reason, mm-hmm. um, there's built-in story automatically, and you know maybe you they do trade in in slaves and stuff like that. So that, I mean, there's all kinds of you know I am Spartacus kind of stories right now, <laughs> having the halflings <laughs> rise up. I like that story too. Um, so and and then of course there's all sort of the, the wheeling and dealing and, and politics of those families that you can play with and um, you know like or or it might be a, an issue where you know you offend or maybe you get into a fight with and kill some member of the family and suddenly you know you're in extreme danger because of that. Yeah. And, um, so I like all that. And I like too that um, you know it can be uh, as simple as fighting for survival uh, or you could play as. A campaign in which you're controlling a, a town or a family, and it, you, you can have almost like an intrigue, uh, you know, as you mentioned, like a Game of Thrones kind of based story where, you know, you're, the, the morals of, of what you're trying to do are not necessarily, you know, they're a lot more grayer and perhaps even blacker than, than, than other, you know, kind of high fantasy campaigns that you might be into. Yeah, and, and if, you know, your party doesn't include something that they, uh, that they object to or maybe someone, some person is willing to overlook that fact for, because of, some reason, then maybe you know you you have a patron in this family who's sending you some places to go and you know go find us uh, that that gem mine that got taken over by orcs or whatever. Right. So you know they they send you on missions for various things. You know you could basically be the equivalent of the the Golden Legion sent to Mastika X Y and Z. Um, 
So, right. oh, and I should mention, Am has a settlement in the Moonshays um, because they sort of took over an area. They kind of came in and took that over. And I think they probably also have one in Chult or two. I'm not sure. And they're going after the, the natural resources that are in yeah, those two areas? Yeah, basically, yes. You know, what's, so what's in the Moonshays that they can... So the, um, the Moonshays has a number of... Uh, I mean, it's got mines and, you know, all that kind of thing as well. Um, but And natural resources as far as timber and th- so on that a lot of times oh, that right. uh, AM doesn't necessarily have. And I guess it would be the same with Chult then too. They can yeah. cut down the rainforest and send that, you know, to build the ships that are necessary to ship things back and forth. Right. And that's essentially what those, I mean, those colonies are basically just set up to send stuff back to the homeland. Right. And also, um, uh, the moon chase serves as sort of a stopping point for when they were doing transfer of goods over to Mestica and back. Um, and so... It's like the Canary Islands. <coughs> yeah. And the, uh, and in the second edition period, particularly when, when Mestica trade was a big thing, uh, Am basically locked down all of the trade to the continent. And so everything from Mastica would come back. Even if you were from Waterdeep and you went to go and trade in, in, in uh, Mastica, you'd have to come back to Am to, to sell your goods or else they'd get pissed and basically go to war with you. Right. That's, that's where trade wars begin. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, cool. A lot of interesting little threads there that my brain is already working hard to, to think about how I could ever incorporate it into something. Good stories. That's neat stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, I think... Um, Baldur's Gate Shadows of Am was just recently re-released, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, there's the extended edition, I believe, uh, for uh, that uh, uh, Beamdog had made. I believe right. that's out uh, on the uh, Beamdog.com website. You might be able to check it out there. Was that a, an expansion, or was that actually the whole Baldur's Gate that was, 2? That was Baldur's Gate 2. Have they, has Beamdog not done that yet? I believe they have done the extended edition of that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's out there. Yeah. Definitely. Go check it out there. And then, of course, it's also on uh, the, the, the less... Um, uh, the, just the, the source code is there on, on, on goodoldgames.com or gog.com um, to get that. But then I, I would always recommend the Enhanced Edition because going back to back in time to the late 90s uh, RPGs is hard enough, and it's even harder when there's not the, all those features that make it easier to play yeah. on, on, on current systems. So go check that out. Awesome. Cool. Thanks a lot, Matt. Uh, how can they get in touch with you if, to ask you any questions? At Cernet's a great way. On the Twitters. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, great. Thanks a lot. And we'll come back with more Lori Chanel next week. All right. Thanks. I love uh, Matt Cernet when he drops these lore bombs. When you said out there, I thought you meant like aliens. In some ways, we did talk about the cosmos. <laughs> it's true. There are things that are out there. Yep. And uh, we may believe? we may learn about them uh, in how the Forgotten Realms is many different planets. Uh, but I think you know, it's it's always interesting figuring out like where that stuff was come, how, how, where it came from, and it's always got ties into history uh, of our world and our cultures, and then fantasizing fantasizing them up. Fantasizing. That's me trying to come up with fantasy That's as a like- verb. Zhuzhing, but in the fantasy sense. Yeah, it's like phantasming. Yeah. Like we, you phantas it up. I phantas it. All right. Like, these, like we tell our stories, we just phantas them up a yep. little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of phantasming, uh, I think it's time for us to phantas with Satine and Rudy. You want to call them up? Let's. All right. Hello. Welcome to Dragon Talk, and we have Satine and Rudy on the phone. Yay. Hey. Hi, guys. It's good to talk to you again. I love you guys. We love you. We love you. 
We're very excited to talk to you because we are having you guys come to our Stream of Annihilation show. June 2nd and 3rd, 24 hours of nonstop D&D streaming is going to be happening up here in Seattle. And you guys, uh, we wanted to talk to you because you're both going to be dungeon mastering. Is that right? Oh, my God. It's true. What? Yeah. That's Uh crazy. You knew that, right? At the same time, like dueling DMs? Dueling DMs. Uh, that's we, different we show. will. <laughs> would you, we've actually talked cool. about that quite a bit. Do you want us to? How we would will. it work? Well, before oh, we get into cool. speculative stuff, what are you guys actually going to be doing? And then we'll get into, like, you know, how, could how we you could possibly doing? do the back and forth DMs. Okay. We can, we can expand to that. Uh, Satine, <laughs> would you like to kick off with the what we're going to do? Because you are bubbling over there. I can see it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Tuesday nights, 7 to 10 p.m., I will be game mastering. And um, the new the new story bits that we can't really talk about. <laughs> I don't know what not to say. Rudy, you go. Rudy and Sat- <laughs> so Satine will be fashioning the fall lineup for Dungeons Ooh. and Dragons on Tuesdays from 7 to 10 p.m. And I will be wooting all over the place from 7 to 10 p.m. on Wednesdays, mm. uh, following directly after that. And a uh, special treat there for the people who love continuity, our streams will actually commingle and be in the exact same universe. Awesome. Ooh. So commingle, what do you mean? Like, Are we going to have the same characters show up? or? So there will be overlap okay. in different places. Is this we don't want to you know ruin anything, but it could involve overlap of characters. It could involve overlap of people. It could involve just overlap of footprints. Perhaps somebody shows up somewhere before, and the people that show up second have to deal with the aftermath. I was going to ask that. That's interesting. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It depends on what the players do. It really does. We're Satine and I are both uh, kind of a little bit more open uh, narrative DMs to where we like to allow the players not just to feel like they have freedom of choice, but to actually have a good deal of control over the narrative. Uh, That just means a little bit more prep time on our end, I think. But it's a wonderful thing for players to have that feeling going through it and then for us to be able to to, uh, modulate that back and forth between us as Dungeon Masters. And for the audience, too. Like I think that's going to be really interesting Mm -hmm. if people are paying attention to both of your guys' uh, uh, weekly streams, that they'll be like, oh, that just happened, and that is very similar, if not the exact same thing that happened in the previous night's adventure. Well, how is that going to impact yeah. tomorrow? Right. And yeah, I like that even that you said that it was footprints. So like, it doesn't even have to be like big set pieces. It could just be as simple as being like, oh, yeah, that footprints that somebody discovered is actually just the character party going through there before. Yeah, right. it's exciting like, to me because we- the idea that you know, the audience knows secrets and things from one episode to the other that the players don't. And so they're like, no, no, don't go there. They already went there. They already did that. And now there's big, bad things happening. But the players are just nonchalantly doing the thing, going about their day. Right. So they might know there's a big bad around the corner. Right. That's even cooler. I like that, too. (laughs) So are you two going to have like a meeting of the minds on Wednesday morning to talk about what, what happened and Satine's game, or Rudy, are you going to watch? You'll, I'm assuming you'll watch it anyway, but <laughs> I hope. Um, well, you know, like one of the hardest things to think for a DM to do during a game uh, is take notes uh, without slowing down the, the pace of the action. So uh, Satine will be taking notes when I'm running. I'll be taking notes when she's running, and uh, that'll help us 
to uh, like we'll already know what the storyline's supposed to be or like what one of the the paths could be and that'll help us to kind of guide so we can check off boxes on did this happen did that happen how does that affect the next thing that's so cool. I love it. Yeah. And then we also run like a makeshift writer's room. Uh, so we will blue sky things for, you know, trying to figure out how something should go or where it's going to go and we'll troubleshoot it together. Uh, and so we've gotten to be kind of fluent in that at this point. And it's fun. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see this all in action uh, on June 2nd and 3rd, uh, you know, in, in, the, in a preview capacity as far as what the weekly thing is going to be. Oh, like. OK, that's you guys are going to preview this for us during the stream of Annihilation? Yeah, it's really awesome. We have a lot of really cool ideas that we're going to do and uh, probably maybe do a little bit of uh, co-jamming or back-to-back or swap-outs or, you know, I'll die in the middle of something and then we'll see if Satine wants to resurrect. I mean, I don't know. A lot of buzzwords in there. Yeah. Blue skies. What was the other one? Blue skies. Co-jamming? What? Co-jamming. Co-jamming. I'm like, oh. I think that would be something that people would really like to see because usually it's one game master and a group of players. But what do you, what happens when you have multiple GMs? I don't know. I honestly don't. So I was in a game for two and a half years and there were two game masters and a minimum of 14 players at once. And we went up to like 24 players and it was epic. I mean, we were all over the continent and it was really exciting and you don't really hear about that. I think that's something that could uh, that could work out. Yeah, I think so. I need mean, you need that to manage that that number of players, right? So that you know. Uh, well, uh, to make them all feel like they're a part of something, because you have so many players, and you don't want them to just be sitting in the corner, because at a certain point they'll just start daydreaming or getting on their phone and stuff. Right. But right. this way, you have multiple groups doing things at the same time. Right, and you right. guys are talking about the you know that having you know guests come in who have some knowledge that the players don't have, or or, or you know are able to bring in oh, some kind cool. of story stuff that uh, uh, you know is, is a secret to the other players. So that's part of almost co DMing in a way if you're giving you know a lot of, of of plot information to guests and or each other as you know because you guys were talking about playing in, in in your in the other group as well at least in a uh, uh, every once in a while capacity, right? Yeah, yeah. we can, for yeah. sure. Uh, a lot of, I mean, if you watch the first uh, season of uh, Maze Arcana, you'll see that we have a lot of special guests that come in, and every single one of them has a uh, very specific thing, an agenda, and part of their information, uh, or par- they all took a part in informing the world around the players and, and figuring out, uh, helping them figure out their way through the next step. So, you know, we're definitely going to port some of that over into the uh, summer stream of Annihilation. Yes, I love that idea. And it's kind of like a co-DM in a way, like when you give specific information like that, you know? That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Absolutely. It's about giving power to the players, uh, even if those players are in cahoots sometimes with you. Right. Giving that secret, you know, note information. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, so we're really excited about coming up and hanging out and getting to see all our friends that we only get to see at conventions or at uh, yeah. when we're there at Watsi. <laughs> right. And then that's that was one of the big, you know, uh, planning points behind making the stream of Annihilation happen was that it seemed like, you know, there, there was I, I could see on Twitter there were some connections between groups of people who play yeah, Dungeons and Dragons cool. online. 
And uh, I don't think anybody, everybody had been in one place ever before, you know, and if they had it, it had, like you were saying, like at conventions or events, but, you know, not the level of uh, congregation that we're trying to get together for the stream of annihilation. So uh, I'm expecting a lot of rubbing of elbows and, and you know, uh, crazy stuff happening, uh, you know, conversations that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person's talking to that person right now. And that's crazy. Well, that's D&D. Um, Rudy and I really focus on community, uh, especially out here in L.A., but now that we're twitching the world. Hmm. So this is a way for us to really connect with the our peer group, which we haven't really been able to. Right. Yeah. Because they're right all busy. Bringing everyone <laughs> together. Melding of minds. Yeah, I love it. And you mentioned the world. So, yeah, we're actually have a few groups from uh, uh, the U.K., uh, the high rollers. So Mark Holmes, which I, I have you guys met Mark before? Oh, he's amazing. I met him at uh, Geek and Sundry. Nice. Oh, right. Yeah. He did the, the DMs roundtable there. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Which means we have to get back to talking about your DM tips. We'll get to that. Yes, too. Yes. But yeah. No. So he's bringing over some of his group from from the UK. And then we're also uh, have a group from Australia who's coming. I'm excited to meet, to meet them. all the way from Australia, all the awesome. way from sunny Australia. The Dragon Friends uh, who've been running like this audio Aww. podcast. Um, for a long time, then also they have keeping a, it old school. Uh, we'll be, and we'll be talking to them later too. So yeah. Dragon Talk listeners will get like more of an introduction uh, as to as to what all they're about. But uh, they're awesome. They do like more of a comedic improv uh, oh, type setting. Um, yeah. So bringing so that, they're going to be. They usually do an audio. They usually do audio, right? And now we're going to have them live. Well, they they actually perform live. Oh, okay. They perform it in like improv theaters, and then they just release the audio. They've never released the video oh. before, you oh, know, or cool. like maybe for special events. But yeah. now they're going to be doing that in a live audience in a theater, you know, in in Australia, uh, and then yeah, streaming that. Wow, that's awesome. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, we've talked about doing some things similar to that, uh, not full out comedy improv, but that sounds awesome. Uh, and I really like how you put the effort into pulling people in that would normally just, you know, sit on YouTube or on iTunes and uh, really blending them in to give the viewers uh, a little bit more connection with them through the, the live broadcasting yeah. portion of things. A wide range. Yeah. Good job, Tito. Thanks, dude. Yeah, Tito. <laughs> We're trying to put the magnifying glass on, uh, uh, on, on D&D streaming. I think, it's, you know, even just like live play in general, it's, uh, it's, it's there. We love it, and uh, we just want more people to, to kind of, you know, get it and surface it, you know? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. more, 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 ha, 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 ha. and uh, yeah, and, and like, you're right, uh, Rudy. Like actually, then encouraging folks who you know maybe just have tried a bit or you know never really figured out how to uh, get the camera on and make it work. But you know, we're also going to be thinking about looking at uh, at fans um, across the the country and the world, uh, and uh, you know, um, highlighting them from the D and D Twitch channel as well. And it's really right. good because you have all these people coming from all over the world with different styles and different ways of approaching gaming and under the D&D umbrella. It's really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. And, everybody uh, does it different. Go just, ahead. Everybody does it differently, just like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, Wait. and so, so the thing that we, I think we really, uh, or that really resonates with us from this is that we're, like you said, all about community and we go to cons almost specifically to teach other people how they can do the same thing we're doing oh, neat. Uh, on whatever budget that they that, that suits them. So, you know, we address going anything from a single webca- webcam on a thing all the way up through, you know, Blackmagic cameras or something like that that have uh, a lot higher uh, quality, but also a lot higher mm, expertise level. Requ- 
required. And we're all about just showing people how they can do that, how they can work on the audio, you know, the, the little pitfalls that, that we fell into or that some of our friends fell into mm-hmm. and how they can avoid that stuff. Because it's really, you know, just about getting out there and sharing your game with people. And that's what Dungeon Masters have been doing forever. Absolutely. And I love that you guys are taking on the new challenge of doing this kind of, you know, shared universe, two different nights type thing too, you know, so that you can add that to your repertoire being like, Hey, maybe you guys want to try this. Not even just from mm-hmm. the technical aspect, but from a, a, a story aspect. That's neat. It's, a, it's yeah, fun. Well, we it's play well together. Energy. You do. <laughs> exactly. And it sounds like there's no shortage of finding players that want to play in your games. I mean, now you have, you're each going to have different players. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to give it anything away. But I mean, you're, this is a new group, a group that's different than the Maze Arcana group. Yeah, so we're, so we're going to talk about those a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to do it. That's was that a segue man coming in there? Was that? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was that's awesome. You guys were talking mm-hmm. over each other, so yeah, whichever one wants to jump in and answer that question. Awesome. Yeah, basically, we live in Los Angeles, and we have lots of friends who are working actors and. Uh, visual effects people and production people and the only time we ever get together is when either someone has a birthday party or (laughs) I throw a celebrity charity 20. (laughs) So uh, basically our cast for Tuesday and Wednesday come from our celebrity charity games and other friends that you know are in the industry as one would call it. The entertainment industry. Yes. Yeah, one of the things here is that you get, uh, we're all so busy that the only time we really get to hang out with our friends is if we work with them, <laughs> uh, which is almost directly opposite of the thing where it's like, don't go into business with your friends if you want to keep your friends. LA is like the one place where you absolutely have to go into business with someone. But if you want to <laughs> keep their see friendship, because you just <laughs> yeah. have to be around. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that to a certain extent in the, uh, the the theater crowd in New York. It was always like, man, I'll see you at your fundraiser, and then I'll see you at your fundraiser, and I'll see you at our show that we're doing. And it was we never actually hung out. It was always it had to do with somebody's show. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. So yeah. basically, that's that's our crew, just people that we really love seeing and love playing with. Are there going to be people that you've uh, well, obviously people you played with before? Are there going to be? Are you excited about some new folks that haven't played before that you're going to introduce? Yeah, so we've got Kyle and Kurt and Mylin, our our crew, nice. uh, our Maze Arcana Sunday Orphan Echo crew. But we have people. I don't know. Can we just can we say who's on? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hype it up. So, okay. So Tuesday we have uh, Kyle Vote, John Schnepp, Kurt Casares, and Misty Dawn, and then. Rudy's game's a little more interesting. We've got Ivan Van Norman, Mylon Sarley, Sig Neutron, Grant Imahara is going to be on. I don't know if we can switch. I'll let Rudy take over that part. <laughs> <laughs> there may be a TBD. Well, huh? well, the, yeah, I, just, I mean, it's not a TBD so much as it is a uh, plot point. We don't want to give away any story stuff. So oh, okay. You know, <laughs> I can respect the, that. The games uh, have other people that are, uh, you know, gonna be popping in from time to time or we'll leave it at that that's cool i love that and i love that you guys have been doing that throughout your with maze arcana and i think it's a cool thing to 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 incorporate into this weekly shows too um so yeah so kyle vote i know uh and oddly enough i was talking about something about him on twitter and uh, a game journalist friend said, "Like, oh, I, you know, he was in the room." And I, that, yeah. What? That was yeah. like the big, and, and he didn't even mention about you know uh, Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. I'm like, oh, you know, I know, I just had met him, you know, when we had seen you guys uh, 
uh, down in LA one of those times I met met Kyle. Oh, uh, he brought some something some bread to our Force Gray. Really? Uh, yeah, he brought, uh, he's our our cookie forge. He yes. Beats. Oh, that's exactly who you want in your game. Exactly. Yeah. But I just love that the connection wasn't anything about D&D or, the, or working with you guys. It was like, oh, yeah, he was in the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our our crew is kind of beautiful. It's like amazing. Uh, John Schnepp, who is the director of Metalocalypse, Venture Brothers, and Death of Superman Lives. Our our another Maze Arcana, Orphan Echo guy, Kurt Casares. He's in Days of Our Lives, Dexter, <gasps> Better Call Saul, Sons of Anarchy, a Dollhouse, Prison Break. Like, he acts a lot. He's pretty much the Where's Waldo of actors. That's awesome. So, like, in when, all the TV when we shows. see him, we'll be like, we totally, I know who that guy is. Who is he in Better Call Saul? I just started watching the second season of that. It's very again. good. I, I think he's You'll see him as a, one of the officers uh, there on occasion. Ah, okay. Yeah, that was funny because I was just watching it, and I'm like, is that... Is that Kurt? I pretty <laughs> much do that every time I see him on something. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, and he just finished two movies, uh, working on two movies. He actually took a red uh, red eye back from New York uh, on Saturday to make sure that he made it for our game on Sunday. Oh, <sighs> dedication. Gotta love that. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, we've got Ivan Van Norman, who's... He was on King of the Nerds, and he created the ABCs of RPGs. Mylon Sarley just... She's on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's pretty cool. She's on Team Unicorn. Sig Neutron just won Face Off Season 11. And oh, no, mm-hmm. way. no way. Yeah, it's yeah. really exciting. You've got to go check him out. His like visual effect makeup game is amazing. Have you guys ever watched that? Do you watch that, Tito? I haven't, oh, but I know so people have, have been so into it. It's that, really good. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those reality shows where it's it's about the art. It's not about right. the like reality Project part Runway. of it. Right. Yeah. Like The Real Housewives. Or like So You Think You Can Dance. Dance, <laughs> dance. And like <laughs> The Real Housewives. It's just like The Real Housewives. <laughs> well, I used to watch Mythbusters and Grant Imaharo is on that. I like science. I so love that people. show too. Was he one of yeah. the, uh, the the texts that would do, you know, like they would, you know, give him an, uh, a, a mission to go check out stuff? Yeah. Um, it was and really funny because I was looking up his... Huh? Or something like that. Wasn't he like a judge on it uh, as well for a bit? No, that was um, bots. The the bot oh, fighting right. game, battle bots. Oh, battle oh, bots! Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because I was looking up his stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look up my friends. He made like he, he worked visual effects, practical stuff on the Matrix and Star Wars one, two, and three, Whoa. and. Artificial intelligence. I just am so proud of my friends. <laughs> They're the coolest. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that you know all the games in LA have that kind of feel to it, where it's like, oh, this person who did that, and this person who did that, and this person who you know you might have seen here, and uh, you know, and then they get to all get together and tell a story together. I think it's so great. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's we just want to play, and you know, role playing games are the purest form of storytelling, and we get to really leave all the hard work that we do and focus for a group of hours and just let go. And it's really fun to, to see how all these people, you know, are, we're all overworked and we all really <laughs> need a moment to play together. So, you know, yes, it's a little bit of work, but it's mostly play. Does it recharge your batteries creatively? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, anytime you're creative with a group of people, it just inspires you to keep going yeah yeah 
And I think people get that from watching, too. I think people really uh, uh, who, who get to consume these shows on a, on a weekly basis, of course, you know, it's like, it's like narrative, you know, one-hour TV shows or whatever that people do that and they talk about the story and stuff. But there's something about watching folks get together to play. It's almost like watching a band, like watching your favorite band get together and just jam. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it gets people inspired and wants to do more. Kind of like a reality really- show that's interesting. <laughs> like the bachelor. That's about the art. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it can be really uh, uplifting for somebody to see other people, uh, you know, going through their daily lives, doing all those things, but then still coming together to have, like, for the fun of each other, not necessarily for a gimmick or anything like that. Just because, like, when you get, you know, when you go home or you're, you're excited about game night to go and play with your friends, yeah, you're excited about D&D and, and what that's doing to bring you together. But you're not only going for the mechanic of that. You're going for the people that you're going to play with and what interesting stories you're going to come up with together. Right. So you, as a watcher, uh, come in and you are experiencing that, even if you're not rolling any of the dice there. You're still like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do or, like, Oh, you know, come on, you know, uh, Kyle, do this thing, do this thing. Oh, no, what are you going to do now? So it's all a big part of the the experience of being there at the table as usual. And we try and be as inviting as we can yeah. on that whole thing. Um, How's did, that been going? Did you talk the... about, I, oh, I missed just... if uh, Satine mentioned White Rabbit Project, because that's Grant's new show. Ooh, what's uh, White Rabbit? on Netflix right now. I've heard of that. What is that? Yeah, so it's a good one. So what were you going to ask there, Grant? Uh, I was going to say how the response has been from 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 Twitch, uh, uh, the the audience themselves. Have you guys been able to go and and kind of respond to people or go back and forth? Is, is <laughs> that what's that like? Uh, I think we're very vocal with our uh, our friends who watch, and we call them friends because they're not like we don't do the fan thing. They're, they they want to talk to us. We're going to talk back to them if if we can find you know the the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sometimes we, we just time. sit and. Exactly. Sometimes after our stream, we will restream and sit in the chat room and hang out with them uh, and, and watch the same thing. And they'll be like, "Ooh, I love this part coming up. And we'll be like, oh, man, what what about this did you like? I barely remember it because I was having an out of body experience. <laughs> What's right. going on? You know, <laughs> I was uh, drunk with team. power and I don't remember. <laughs> <Exactly>. anything. <laughs> I was playing God at the moment. I don't remember. what I had. Uh, So, you know, and Satine's had these wonderful things that happen in completely non D&D areas. Uh, like when she went to NAB recently, uh, if you want to talk about that, Satine. Oh, yeah. People like two guys were like, well, one of them just turned around and was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. GM tips. Oh, God, it's so good. Oh, no way. Mizarkana. And I was like, well, I'm trying to get a smoothie. You want to hang out? <laughs> oh, no way. And then, then we hung out, and it turns out he's actually super interesting. And then another guy came up, and he was, like, decked out in critical role outfit. And he's and, and, both, and this guy, he mentioned on Twitter. He's like, I think I see you, but I don't know. I'm going to say hi. And, of course, I'm like, I'm Satine. Come say hi. <laughs> and he came by, and we walked around the, the the floor a little bit and had talks about you know production and I asked him about lighting because that's like the last thing that we need in our studio is lighting and it was really cool and I feel like we make new friends all the time because you know even when we go to conventions we are so we are just as excited to be there and meet people as people seem to be about talking with us and so yeah we we have these friends that we see every week on our show in the chat room and we're like we get excited 
<laughs> that is cool. Right. And, what, and so just for so listeners know, NABD is, is was that uh, uh, convention in Las Vegas? Yeah, NAB is the like, NAB. Uh, broadcasting. Yeah. National Association Trade of Broadcasters. Show. And what do they do? They, oh, so it's all about cameras and, and lighting and stuff? Yeah, more like, you know, big time. Uh, I work for Cinema 4D Maxon, mm. and they my friend Matthias basically has me out there helping with their booth. And I travel all over America with them, and they're really great. Uh, they are the company, or that is the product that Matthias made the awesome 3D graphics for our intro video in. Oh, now it all, it's all coming together now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, I went to school for 3D animation, and because I know 3D animation, he's like, oh, come and help out with our booth. And I've spent like the last five years hanging out with their crew. They fly people out from all over the world, much like you're doing, and every year it's like a reunion, and we all learn from each other, and we hang out. Um, I love that. Yeah, I feel really good, and I'm excited to be doing that with you guys. I know, that's so cool. So basically, so you've been doing 3D animation, and I think as a DM streaming online, you're basically doing 4D animation. Here's the thing. So 3D, I I just have to say this out loud because everybody's been getting it wrong for, what, decades now. So 3D is a stationary image that is three-dimensional. So when you look at a and a picture that's 3D. If you add the element of time into it, it's 4D. That's right. I don't so get now it. you know. I don't get that's it. what I'm saying. But you're you're time traveling by doing. See, it. that's my yeah. that is my weakness. <laughs> don't bring time travel into this. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can't follow. I it. know we'll be talking to some uh, some international folks. Then time zones will happen. I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like in that's, the future. That actually reminds me of a tweet somebody sent out the other day. That was like uh, that kind of like shows you how much people want to be there for the actual live shows so they can uh, interact and they can talk and stuff like that. Or somebody said something about like, ah, time zones suck. I just, you know, like I'm going to make it my goal to be so aware of time zones so that I don't miss out on live Maze Arcana and live Critical Role. Like it kills me kind of thing. And we're just like, that is so awesome that they want, that they are willing to get up at two or three a.m. to spend time with us. Or they're willing to to stay up until three or four a.m. Because this is all we and, do. And like, I don't know what other people think we do, but <laughs> this is it. For the past like eight months, we've just been building Maze Arcana. We have our crew that show up and help us, and those are our best friends, and that's it. We right. don't really talk to anybody else except for <laughs> you guys up at WOTC, <laughs> uh, our peers, our players, our production, and the chat room. I don't. So, that's not true. I have to that, say that the well, two and, of you are bosses. like the busiest people I have ever, ever, ever met. <laughs> you have like 496 <laughs> jobs between the two of you. You're always. Yeah. I feel like you're always doing something. Well, yeah. We are. Um, <laughs> yeah. How are you doing this? I mean, well, we don't sleep. So right now, well, that yeah. There's that. Um, Satine's got you know GM tips, and she's doing, and she's running. Uh, uh, she's playing on Maze Arcana and in Peanut Gallery, which is with some of the the Watsi folk, and she's also Chris doing. Uh, she yeah. also, huh? <laughs> Just a shout out to Chris Lindsay. (laughs) Oh yeah, Chris Lindsay. (laughs) So you know, we we she does that, but then she's also like, well, I need to, you know, like I just I have to to run a thing. I'm gonna write this thing, and then like let's do this, and so we write another thing, and we put it up on uh, Tuesdays for a couple of days, and then you know they're just streaks of that stuff. But then on top of that, like we're working on artwork for other things. I know, right? We're doing. 
we're writing on projects. Like we've got all these other things that we just we feel like we have to do these things. And we're if we if it speaks to us, we're going to make time for it. And even if that time is time that we would normally sleep. I just okay. want to like it's really important that people understand why we're doing all this. Like you know, I, I messed around. I did a lot of silly stuff in my 20s. I got a major car accident like two years ago wow. and my life flashed before my eyes. And what I learned was two things. I have to do all the things. And <laughs> the second thing is I have to make time to do all the things and I have to do them all right now. So, yeah, man, you don't know when you're going to go. So just do the things. Don't live with the regret of, mm. you know, I always wanted to do that. So that is why we do all the things. That's really yeah. good. Through, uh, and in that same time frame, I was, you know, going off to war and doing uh, a bunch of stuff off in a desert that I didn't even have creamer for my coffee. So the two things that I promised myself is that I would come back and do all the things that I wanted to do, uh, you know, within reason not hurting anybody else or anything like that. And then yeah. I would always have creamer for my coffee if I wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Like, I've done more of number one than number two. Well, thank you for your service in getting creamer to everybody. Yes, you deserve all the creamer yeah. in the world. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I've got this Cinnabon stuff. This is Cinnabon creamer. Yes. So amazing. Now I want to get like a gift package together of creamer to send to both of you guys. <laughs> no, just him. I, I take yeah, butter she won't drink and it. coconut oil in mine. Butter and coconut yeah. oil? Yeah. Yeah. Coconut you oil. haven't seen my signal boost. You should watch oh. it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm outed of the not viewing of Found your... <laughs> well, I know you did signal boost, but then... You, yeah, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, GM tips, which you, you oh, took yeah. that over uh, hosting, and uh, it's been amazing so far. Yeah, so the whole... Everything comes from Celebrity Charity 20 with Keith Baker, and um, in the beginning, what, like seven years ago now, it was Keith and I, and he would make all the adventures, and... Uh, people, I asked people, okay, I need more game masters. And someone was like, Matt Mercer, you should ask Matt Mercer. And he was, you know, a voice actor. And so he would come on. And I'm like, hey, guys, I have a really fun idea. Why don't we live stream four games at once? It's going to be crazy. <laughs> and so he did that. He was uh, our game master, I think, for four years. Nice. Four or five years. Yeah, it was really cool. And Keith would give him the adventure and he would run it like right on the spot there, I think there are some archived ones. I, I haven't had time to actually go through the old videos and post them. But yeah, so he and I have been friends for a long time. And he knew that, you know, I've been running the D&D stuff over at Meltdown for a few years. And he just wanted to, you know, do other things. So he had to give GM tips to somebody and just said, basically, hey, Satine, you want to do this thing? I know you like doing this and you're good <laughs> at it. And he, I was like, yeah. So now I'm the host of GM Tips at Geek and Sundry. And we call it GM Tips. You we know, do. so, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for legal purposes. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> Sorry. We own that DM Trademark. for now. So whenever, whenever you direct message someone on Twitter, we're, we get a little bit of money of that. Right. That's a, whenever you say DM. That would be awesome. Okay. Um, whenever your kid says, I, I took a DM. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, my mom called it a BM. <gasps> my mom too. I think it was uh, like yeah. an older mom, like you yep. can't say poop. It's just funny to hear like a three-year-old say, "I have to go BM." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just I still say number two. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who does number yeah. two work for? <laughs> Show it who's boss. Yeah, that's uh, Satine is. 
Sateen has been like a little bit of like an innovator. Like if you, uh, in, in the way that like if she sees something, she just has to make it this, you know, art form that, uh, you know, and you could be like, it was a, it was a bus stop seat. It could have just been a bench. And she's like, no, it can be all these other things. So, you know, when, when that whole, uh, she started doing, I hit it with my ax and then that, evolved into the celebrity charity stream and, and really no there wasn't even a streaming platform set up at that point so it was like basically they would create a website to do the whole streaming thing mm-hmm. and that was back before the uh you know the cr people were were actually all playing in the same game together these are and and that was i think matt's first experience experience uh streaming it was pretty much everybody's first experience streaming dnd so yeah, it was she, uh, wild west yeah. for sure yeah yeah, yeah. actually it's more yeah, like it's, columbus yeah, <laughs> right. Because there were like there were people doing it, and then you kill them all with with your smallpox blankets. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the thing about these GM tips, I think what Rudy is trying to say is that well, I just needed to do it my own way. I keep getting all this flack. They're like, well, why don't you just sit down and make some tips? And I'm like, well, you can go on the internet and listen to about a million different people talk about tips on game mastering. Exactly. But like my thing is I like playing with other people and I love learning from other people. I can give you my point of view and I do in this in like a little like a pre-interview monologue. But I have my friends from all over who have specialties, like gaming specialties in different areas. And I have them on and we talk about ideas because that's how you learn, right? You learn by watching other people play. You learn by hearing how other people would go about a thing. I am not the 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 Yoda of game mastering. I do have lots of lots of ideas, but they are my ideas, and I wouldn't want to limit. I wouldn't want to limit myself by only listening to one person for anything. Right. So I feel that you should hear all the voices. Yeah, and it's changing it up from being you know that monologue right at the camera bit to it being almost more of a talk show. Yeah. You know, like I like your format. Yeah. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it gives you it gives you, it's that whole blue sky thing. Like you can only come up with so many ideas on your own by listening or conversing with other people. That's how you're going to become a better game master. So yeah, maybe it's, she didn't sit down here and say tip number one, tip number two, but she gave you <laughs> a dialogue <laughs> with other people that allows you to pluck ideas out of the the. Uh, aerospace and and apply them to your game. Absolutely, it's like synthesis. It really is. Like you get yeah. you know, you more is found through conversation than than uh, by yourself. However, I do right? read all of the comments. I read oh. every one of the comments. I listen to what other people what they want, what they have to say, their suggestions. I read all of it. So everybody out there, when you make those slight little weird comments, I read it, and it touches me, or it hurts my feelings, or oh. whatever. But my point is, uh, I don't remember what my point is. Don't but listen I'm to listening that. And <laughs> don't hurt your feelings. Yeah. Don't no. hurt it's a team. Only, only do that if you think it's, it can improve the show. And some people yes. definitely do write in uh, with, with general constructive feedback. Uh, and I but, love that. Yeah. Like, right. I want to hear people's opinions to the point where, okay, so we shoot in increments of four. The last four, I made lists. So top three tips of the subject. I have that down. Mm-hmm. The next four are going to be a little bit different based on people's suggestions and what they want to hear. Um, find me on Twitter at Satine Phoenix, hashtag ask Satine and just ask me your questions. Oh, that I want it, to hear them. That makes it easy, right? Mm-hmm. Having that hashtag to be like, Oh, let's search that. And here they yeah. are. 
I love it. Uh, she's, not, Shelley, yeah, she's not going to rest until she's doing something that makes the that is good for both the audience, but also fits the way you know. It's got to be her spin on the thing, her angle on it, because that's the way that she finds her way into the the topics. And they, you know, people can request that in the comments. They can say, "Oh, well, what about this?" And it's the same thing as what she's doing. They just don't understand that mm-hmm. she's bringing in somebody to talk to, and they're creating a dialogue by responding to what she's talking to and they're talking to. And it's just a part of the process of that circular, oh, okay, so yeah, we'll pull that idea and we'll tell you about what we think about that idea back and forth. Right. It's the right. same thing and it's amazing. Shelly does the same thing when she reads all the comments for Dragon Talk. All the time. Except my feelings are always hurt. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. oh, I love oh, you. Yeah, you. that's the only comment you need. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny, Tito. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, she famously says she doesn't want to. I don't think, right? Do not want to pay attention to all that. No, it's probably for for. Yes, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff there. You so could send me some. That's of that. why I, I send you the good stuff. You've never sent me. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have only sent you all of the good stuff. <laughs> Just like you've never said. Oh, oh. He's, no. he's been <laughs> he's been your butters. He's been filtering your uh, yes. Twitter fan mail. Wow. Well, Thanks, I'm sure we're going to get yeah. a lot of comments of people asking about uh, uh, your, your coconut oil and butter in the coffee thing. But it we'll leave that delicious. to another it's time. Perhaps. Bulletproof coffee at the end. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, so cool. I'm excited to see you guys uh, in the flesh uh, June 2nd and 3rd uh, up here in Seattle. Uh, the streaming of Annihilation is going to start 10 a.m. On, on June 2nd. Go to 10 p.m. that day. 12 hours. Yeah. Non-stop D&D streaming. We'll talk about the new... Crazy. I mean, this was in the intro, but I'll do it again now. We're talking about the new uh, storyline that's coming out, some new products. Uh, Shelly's got some fun little secrets she's going to throw yes, out there. Yes, I do. Uh, so you definitely <laughs> want to pay attention and watch that. And then you can watch Satine and Rudy do their thing during that event. Uh, we'll come out with a full schedule uh, at some point. Um, and then, of course, watch <gasps> you guys do your thing on a, on a weekly basis, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Double we'll be running trouble. shows then. Yeah, we'll be running shows then from uh, Sunday through Tuesday, basically straight Sun- across Sunday the board. Sunday through Wednesday. Wow. Sunday through Wednesday. God, I yeah. can't even keep what, what have we agreed to? Oh, <laughs> that sounds doesn't sound like such a good idea when you say it out loud, does it? <laughs> oh, well, again, it's, we got to do all the things. Uh, is is the new Dragon magazine going to be out by then? Dragon yeah. Talk. Uh, Dragon we just did one. Plus. Uh, sorry, Dragon Plus. Yeah, the plus. <laughs> we got a lot of dragon stuff. We got There's a lot, <laughs> Go lot of dragon stuff. Uh, it should be out in June, uh, end of June. So it, it won't be out by then, but uh, okay. April issue just oh. went. Well, you know, maybe there's something involved in that about something that, you know, we do. Yeah, yeah. Dude, check. So it'll be uh, probably the last week in in June. Uh, So get checked. What did you get? Would you talk to Bart about something? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Does Shelly know what this is? No, I don't know anything. She knows that you don't. (laughs) I swear to God. Oh, you don't know this thing? No. What's the thing? Now I I don't even know what this thing is. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I have a little thing that I uh, got. They asked me to come in and, and write up for uh, some Dragon Plus action there. And Sweet. It's, what? Yeah, I, we thought it was going to come out uh, sooner, but for story reasons and stuff, we're it's getting pushed back a little bit. Uh, but it should be out in June, and I'm really, I'm actually very interested to see what the response is from, uh, especially the Grognards. Okay, I, I just want everyone should know also that Rudy is actually a writer. Like, yes, I've you know. 
I've stolen him up out of the the workforce and made him do Dungeons and Dragons all the time. But really, he's a writer and an actor, but he is an amazing writer. So it'll be really cool to see for other people to see the works that he has. That's awesome, Rudy. Oh, thanks, man. I love and the way you sounds, two talk about each other. feel really warm and fuzzy. He's You're my so, best friend. You guys are so nice to each other. Tito never says anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it is true. true. Not oh. as nice as you guys are. No, we would never yeah, talk about like, each hey, other. Hey, you're pretty like cool. That. You want to do this podcast? And she's like, no, I got a meeting. I can't do it. And I'm like, oh. change your Whoa, meeting. Tito. Good email you wrote. Why are you <laughs> leaving that weird J at the end of all your emails? I know. You guys are super <laughs> nice. Way nicer than Shelly ever is. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, a lot of it for us is that uh, we are both of that same mindset where it's like, do you want to do a thing? Yeah, I want to do this thing. That sounds fun. Let's do that thing. Okay, let's do this thing. So, we, we, like, we have that I want to do it all uh, yeah. mentality, and we're also both, both workhorses. So and we're not. There, we don't have time <laughs> to dwell on the negative things. Uh, we we can improve things, but we don't we don't have time to dwell on that. So when it comes to talking to each other or about each other or what have you, like. What, what else is there to say except for I really love my life and I'm happy Aww. to have a friend that is excited about the same things that I am. And that's why we love coming up and hanging out with you guys so much because you guys are like, hey, uh, do you want to go to lunch? Uh, sure, I love food. <laughs> yeah, but our lunches, we play games. <laughs> lunch yes. is just code for I do you not play a game. Miss that lunch ever. Yeah, those are uh, fun games. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, and it's awesome. I think you guys got like a, almost like a Rodgers and Hammerstein thing going on here, or like a you know the, <laughs> a famous creative duo where yep. each of you guys kind of push each other and uh, uh, and have bonded over that. And I think that's yeah, that's fantastic. I think I mean I, I'd venture yep. to say if you had not found each other, you may not be doing all of the things. You might be doing like three, three yeah. quarters of, of the things. things. A lot of things. Yeah, but We've all been doing the things. Half the things each or three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, because having uh, that extra you know, person have... to push you is really really <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Exactly. And we do have those moments where we disagree over something, but we actually go through the process of talking it out and figuring out why. Okay, this art, this is an art, more of an art thing. Yes, you're right. Dude, you're right. That is beautiful. Versus, oh, yeah, people you know, don't people see who, when we're like yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. Like we, everybody has those creative moments where they're just like, that is not, that is not what I signed up for. And then like, you know, two hours later, you know, you, you after storming out, you come back and you're like, uh, yeah, that's actually exactly what I signed up for. I just hadn't thought about it the way that uh, you posed it yet. Uh, can we can we still do that, or did I screw everything up? <laughs> like, you know, it's we are uh, uh, first and foremost. We just want to make the most beautiful thing that we can. Right. And if it if it takes us beating each other up at some point, I'm sure we're okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll duck out of a lot of that. I'm sure because she is a fiery person. Yeah, put that up on the camera. <laughs> I think I think people want to see that. Yeah, you know what? I think I want to see a live stream brainstorming session. <laughs> we'll do it live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll do it Don't live. Turn that's that Bill's favorite off. thing to say. We'll be in the middle of like troubleshooting something. He's like, we'll do it live. I know. I just wish that quote came from someone that was, uh, uh, you know, a better person. Deep down. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I contributed to Bill, uh, to that Bill, I, uh, to our Bill, Bill Benham. Okay, good. Yeah. Not, not the other Bill. bill. Not the no, what other bill? Yeah, there not that no bill. Other bill. I know he's he's destroyed now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wait I, a we, second! I just realized something. What? What's up? You guys made D and D summer camp for your friends. That's right. That's Holy exactly crap. what we made. Oh. We wanted to get everybody into one place, and it was like we can't call it D and D summer we camp. We are going to need to come up with some songs. Why not? Because the orb of annihilation was too tempting to to riff <laughs> off of orb. Yeah, sphere. Sorry, sphere. 
Why did I say Oh, yes, orb? that's true. That's where the sphere and stream. Sphere. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to hashtag D&D summer camp. Do yes. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, is, is the hash, is there an at for this stream of annihilation or is a hashtag or what are we doing? For uh, I think we'll just stick with the, the hashtag DND uh, because that has been uh, tried and true for a long time. Okay. Well, then we're going to summer camp. Uh, an additional hashtag somewhere behind that, I think. Make that's, it happen. That is, now that you've just uh, pointed that out, Satine, that is absolutely what it is. Oh, I never went uh, to camp. <laughs> well, now you can. Now you I'm can going. come to camp I'm now. I'm really excited. We'll finally get there. Yeah. I'm going. Nice. All right, guys. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Satine, you already told us your Twitter handle, but why don't you tell us again, and then we'll get all that stuff from Rudy so people can ping you guys uh, about tips and uh, what's coming up for Stream of Annihilation. Sure. Um Hashtag at Satine, uh, ask Satine, or at S-A-T-I-N-E-P-H-O-E-N-I-X. I love that you sing wow. song that. You mm-hmm. sing song that to make it happen. I love it's gonna it. It's going to be in my head now. What about you, Rudy? <laughs> I will quasi I sing song, uh, a little homily of it. I'll do, uh, I am Rudy Woot. So that's going to be R-U-T-Y-W-O-O. O-T, like woot, I got loot. And uh, you can find me that pretty much everywhere. So uh, the Twitters, the Instagrams, uh, anything else you'll uh, on D&D Beyond, you'll find me there at Rudy Woot. Uh, on Reddit, you can get me on Rudy Woot. Uh, also, you can get a hold of both of us at Maze Arcana uh, on Twitter and Instagram, too. And uh, we are also, you know, we have the website up, we have all that stuff, and on YouTube and, uh, and Twitch, uh, www.twitch.tv forward slash Maze Arcana. And come leave us, uh, leave us notes, leave us messages, comment on the videos, tell us what you like about them, what you don't like. We'll see, you know, which one of those we care about uh, more, but I can guarantee you that uh, Fly gets more bugbear, or Honey gets more bugbears than uh, <laughs> Nice. Yeah. And you guys will be playing on uh, on Sundays going throughout. So uh, that will be – and on Monday too, right? Yes. Yeah, so right. Sunday stream is from noon to 5 p.m. PST. And then Mondays is usually that 7 to 10 slot. So during the stream of Annihilation, we will be doing uh, basically Monday through Wednesday from 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Sweet. All right, well, go mm-hmm. check all that out, you guys. Uh, don't forget to check out Stream of Annihilation June 2nd and 3rd, starting at 10 a.m. PST. Make it happen. Mm-hmm. I just want to say one more thing, too, before we leave, is that I sure. love this music. I always love, like, every time I listen to the podcast, the music comes on, and it just gets me in the right mood for it. And oh, nice. I'm, I'm just always thrilled to have that kind of, like, I feel it shivering in my back. Right you know oh. where it's from, right? It's from it's from an Eberron uh, album. That's why you like it. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Yeah. It sings to your soul. Exactly. That's right. It was produced. You- the album was produced by Chris Perkins himself. Oh, oh my God, it's so cool. Yeah. Well, you know how much we love Eberron. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's why it speaks to your soul. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much. We'll see you guys soon. I'm going to say the word guys a lot in this outro. Uh, guys, 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 you guys are awesome. And it'll be in June. I'll see you then. Okay. Can't see wait. you then, girls. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Oh, I love Satine and Rudy. I get so inspired by them every single time we talk to them. I just feel lazy. <laughs> no, right? There was a moment where you and I looked at each other where we we're like, we're just lazy people. We are lazy you and, I and we're are not lazy people. And you know Compared what I'm to really, them, everybody's lazy though. You don't say enough nice things about me. <laughs> <laughs> what are you
It was like, <laughs> That's what I realized. Shelly, we don't work hard enough, and we're not nice to each other. We are just the worst. Like, if they are the best, like, friends, like, push themselves to do good art, we're, yeah. like, the ones who are like, no, stop it. You know what? You're not good enough. You look tired. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should just take a nap. That outfit, maybe try something else uh, another time, right? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Stand-up comedy? Uh, really? Yeah. You're, uh, you're not even that funny. At your age? Uh, it's funny because <laughs> at your age, what are you going to do, gray beard? Oh God! That's you it. Do That's more dad jokes. Sometimes those uh, you need those friends in your life too to catch you down a, a peg. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, sometimes we just feel too good about ourselves. I know, right? <laughs> and that's very I don't know about you, but I walk around riding high all the time. All the time. Everything is great. I am just nailing it <laughs> everywhere I go. And then you're like, oh, I'm so glad Greg Tito is there to be like, yep. no way. Yeah, actually. I think so. Mm-mm. Right? Nope. You need that. You need to get deflated every once in a while. You totally do. I'm trying, we're trying to make our... You know, it's funny that we're trying to make ourselves feel better about how awful we we're are. We're good friends. <laughs> we're being good friends. We're helping each other this out. This is exactly what Satine and Rudy do, except like the super creative and genuine. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's why we need them in our lives. But we're helping each that's other. A, that's why we need them. Yes. That's right. I don't know. If they need us. <laughs> <laughs> they say we that might. we're, like, super positive and happy, too, but uh, I don't know. If I feel like we would just bring them down. All right. Well, they're going to come up uh, here for the stream of Annihilation, and then we'll work our hardest to try and bring them down. Okay, to make them stop being so damn productive <laughs> and happy and optimistic. No, no, not at all. They need to, they need to set, set them free. If you love something, just set them free. Okay. Just do it. I, I, yes. All I right. don't want to bring them down. I'm excited for uh, the entire show lineup of Stream of Annihilation. I'm but theirs too. is especially cool because they got the shared universe thing going on with their two, yeah, I can't wait their to two things. That's amazing. See how that's going to work. Can't wait to hear more. All right. So you can find out more about the Stream of Annihilation oh at DungeonsAndDragons.com. Go check it out there. Um, if you want to ask me any questions about it, I'm at Greg Tito on the Twitters. If you want me to ask Greg any questions about it, I'm also at uh, at Shelly Moo on and, Twitter. Uh, on the Twitters, of <laughs> on the course. Twitters, sorry. yeah. Uh, and you can all you have to say the plural. Or Kids matter. these days. <laughs> uh, and uh, you can always go to the uh, uh, Watsi underscore DND uh, official Twitter page um, and get all the latest information there. And then of course go to twitch.tv slash DND. No Watsi there. How'd you get no Watsi underscore there anymore? It's just DND. You know how? No. You want to know? Yeah. Bark Earl. What? Back in the day. What'd he do? He'd forgotten he did it. He got the, the DND uh, URL. And if we were like. If you do something super good, but forget you did it, did you still do something really Did it good? actually happen? <laughs> no, it didn't. No, he didn't. The only reason why we knew is because his email address was attached to it. No way. Yeah, we, were like, we were like asking to find out, like, can we get this? There's nothing on here. There's no videos. There's nothing on here. Can we just try and get this URL? And they're like, um, you have it already. We're like, oh yeah, of course we do. Oh yeah, we knew that. <laughs> uh huh. And then Barker was like, oh, I don't even remember doing that. He probably did it and then went and moved onto Magic and was like, I'm gonna guys. keep these D and D. I'm gonna keep their URL. That's exactly what he did. But st- thank the maker, thank Paylor that he did. Is what I like to Good say. Good for Bart. Good for Bart. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll bring him up a little bit. That's what you do in your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you to Bart yes. and thank you to everyone uh, that has to put up with us. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are awesome. We'll you see are. you next week uh, with more information about the stream of annihilation. More stream of annihilation. M- more information about the stream of annihilation. That rhymes even like a rapper would. It's getting crazy. <sighs>